Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message brought to you by Senior Pastor Adam Russell. All right, here's what I want to do this morning. I want to continue our little series that we started a few weeks ago. Uh, A little series, I didn't know what to call it. I'm just calling it Prophetic Community. Uh, We're in a moment right now in our church where it feels like things are coming back together. We're in a slightly kind of a rebuilding moment. You know, the pandemic was really strange. Uh, The Vineyard had, before the pandemic, more momentum than it's ever had in its history. And then the pandemic did what it does to all kinds of things. It just kind of blew things up. And then we didn't know what we were doing. We were trying to figure it out, just like every other church and every other pastor. And it feels like, have you noticed that it feels like for the last like two and a half months, it's starting to feel like, oh, this is, this is a church. Yeah. And it's really great. But it feels like we're kind of like reconfiguring, coming back together, rebuilding. And I've been praying a little bit more than usual for the last six months And I feel like God has spoken to me just a couple things. He's given me two tiny little words. And one of those words is prophetic community. I've just been praying about our church. I got this little thing from God. Prophetic community came about in a really low-key, unimpressive way. And then I went and had lunch with a friend. And right in the middle of my lunch with my friend in Columbus, Ohio, a few weeks ago, before we even started this, the Sunday before we were going to start this, uh, he tells me, he says, Adam, I feel, like, I feel like God was talking to me about your church. And he, he said to the words to me, prophetic community. And I thought, okay, we have to talk about this, right? And, and, but here's the, here's the picture. Besides those two words that I've had in my head, I had this scripture in my heart, which was from 1 Samuel chapter 10. And I just want to quickly go over this with you. In 1 Samuel chapter 10, uh, Samuel anoints Saul. So like the big prophet guy, Samuel, whose words never fall to the ground, Samuel, anoints Saul to be king. Uh, He anoints him with oil and he says, hey, you're going to meet some people, take the food from them. And then later you're going to meet this little group of like singing prophets. Uh, You should just hang out with them. And everything that Samuel says happens. But what I love about this story is that when Saul meets the company of prophets, Saul also prophesies, and apparently this was such a shock that everybody in the land was like, wait, has Saul become a prophet? It was like this mind-blowing event. And part of what I love about this little tiny piece of scripture in the Old Testament is it shows us the power of community, not just the power of individuals. So I love this picture. Samuel the prophet, words never fall to the ground. He anoints Saul with oil, but it's the prophetic community that anoints Saul with the Spirit. When he meets the prophetic community, it says his heart is changed and he was filled with the Holy Spirit with power and he begins to prophesy. This is an amazing thing. Now, on top of that, there's a New Testament passage that's like the mirror of that passage in a weird way. And it's 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And we looked at that last week where where the Apostle Paul says to the community there in Corinth, hey, you guys love speaking in tongues when you come to church uh, and the gift of tongues is great. But here's what I would rather you do. I would rather you prophesy. And the mirror part of that is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 26. And it's basically where Paul says, when you come together, everybody's got something to give. Everyone, you know, maybe it's a word of instruction or a word of wisdom, a tongue or interpretation, a song, a hymn. And he's just kind of riffing. 
like the things that we could bring to church. But he's throwing out this idea that when the church gathers, it's a prophetic community. And in order to be a prophetic community, it has to be the place where everybody is bringing a gift, you know? And so there are these weird little mirrors there, 1 Samuel chapter 10 and 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And I want to talk to you a little bit more this morning out of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And this morning in particular, I want to talk to you about listening to God and speaking his heart. Because a prophetic community, a prophetic community, as we've noted the last two weeks, isn't just a community that is giving prophetic words, but it's, it's a community of substance that is profoundly different than the prevailing culture, right? But at the same time, it is a community that God's heart and God's spirit is in, and the words that fill our individual mouths to one another are bringing strength. So it's like these two different things. So what I want to do this morning, really quickly actually, is I want to talk to you about listening to God and speaking his heart. Um, love this sort of thing, especially when the church is together. I want to talk to you for a moment about listening to God. We'll get to the scripture here in just a minute, though. First thing I want to say about listening to God is, I want to say this. Prophetic communities are different. Um, that's the invitation. Uh, but you have to ask this. How do we lean into being the kind of different that makes us the true people of God? You know, prophetic community, uh, that's a different thing. But how do we lean into being that kind of community? And what are the practices that make the difference. And if we're talking about being a prophetic community, we're really talking about being a group of people where everybody is listening to God. That's part of what it means to be a prophetic community. Uh, it's, a, it's a church where, where the pastor isn't just the one who's listening to God, but where everybody in the church is listening to God. And that's the invitation for us. Uh, sometimes we think of prophecy uh, as being a word that's spoken. But how many of you know that before a word can be spoken, a word has to be heard? So what is a prophetic community? In its roots, a prophetic community is something that stands counter to the culture that maybe critiques the culture and calls out the possibilities, as Walter Brueggemann would say. But, but uh, the thing that at, that's at the foundation of a prophetic community is, is it's a listening community, a listening community. So I want to talk to you about hearing from God and speaking his heart. And really, really quickly, like a stone across water, I want to talk to you about how you can hear from God. A few ways this morning. Uh, the first thing I want to say about hearing from God is this, that every single person, every single person is made to hear from God. In fact, in fact, you're already perfectly constructed to do it. And you might be thinking, well, I've barely ever been to church in my life. Doesn't even matter. You're a human being with a beating heart and lungs filled with air and a pulse in your body, you're here. If you're alive, you're perfectly constructed and created to know and to hear from God. That's the first thing we just have to get into our brains uh, when it comes to hearing from God. It's not even a special skill. You know, one of the things that I try to get people to understand pastorally when it comes to listening to God or hearing from God, it's not a special skill. It's like it's like as normal as being a person. Like, how do we know this? Well, in Genesis, uh, in the opening chapters of Genesis, 
God puts Adam and Eve in the garden. And do you remember what it says there? It says that in the cool of the day, God would walk in the garden with them and he would do what? He would, he would hang out with them, right? Like there's this sense in which from the very beginning, the Bible is, is painting this picture that knowing God and hearing from them, it's just what we do. It's just what we do. Not only that, not only that, but Jesus says, uh, John, Jesus says in uh, particular places in the gospel, he says, he says, my sheep, what? My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. We even sang it this morning. We sang about the good shepherd, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, what does it mean to be a Christian? Oh, what does it mean to be a person? What does it mean to be a believer? What does it mean to be a Jesus person? It means that at some fundamental level, we have heard his voice. You know, uh, you were created. You're already perfectly constructed to know God's voice uh, in the same way that you have kidneys and a liver and a heart and a lungs, a lungs, some lungs. <laughs> I'm a medical professional in the same way that your body is perfectly constructed to like cause you to be alive and allow you to live through life and do all kinds of amazing things. You've also been given spirit wiring that is perfectly constructed to hear and to know from God. So that's just right up front. Second thing, how, how can we hear from God? Uh, this is painfully obvious, by the way. Nothing really stunning here. Um, the second way that we can hear from God, and you can hear from God this way every single day, is it's from the scriptures. From the scriptures, like reading, reading the Bible. When it comes to listening to God, we need to read his word. And there's something about reading his word that wakes us up. Anybody ever been to a really good restaurant and they bring you, like you're really hungry and they bring you some bread and some butter out? Like you didn't even ask for it, but they bring some bread and butter out, right? And you're like, you just, what do you do to that bread and butter? You just like stick your face on it. It's just, ah, you know? And how many of you know that like the bread is so good, it's so good, but it, it's, not like, it's not like it knocks all your hunger out. In fact, it just kind of wakes you up for more, doesn't it? You're like, oh yeah, carbohydrates and fat. That's what I need. Give me more of that. Yeah, basically that's what the Bible is. It's carbohydrates and fat. It's, it's that first bit of bread and some good butter. Like maybe, maybe it's even truffle butter. I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe that's what it is. But, but the Bible and, and like normal scripture reading, it wakes us up to hear God. Like if we want to hear God today in some sort of like unique and personal way, it really helps to, to, to have some idea of what he has said. And by the way, what he has said is always what he's saying. Like the Bible is never, ever out of date. Um, this week, this little scripture was alive to me in my reading. And it's, it's from Psalm 127 verse 2. I think we can put that up even. Help me out, Durham boys. Uh, Look at this. This was part of my daily reading this week. And this is something that God just spoke to me in this week. It is useless for you to work so hard. From early morning until late at night. And anxiously working for food to eat. Because God gives rest to his loved ones. I read that this week and I got, I got really, really touched. And it wasn't, just a, it wasn't just black and white words in the Bible, but there was spirit in it. I even feel it now. Some of you might feel it now. You know, I, I don't even have cry in my notes. 
<laughs> like I still feel it. <laughs> I still feel it. Like how can, how can we hear God? Well, we can hear God by knowing that we're made to hear God. Uh, but we can also hear God by going to the scripture and just having some sort of like normalized routine of encountering the scriptures. And this is the scripture. I've read several things this week, but this is the one that was alive to me this week. And it felt like, it felt like a word from my father. Uh, by the way, I've been working really hard, right? For all kinds of things. And I felt like God was saying like, why are you grinding your absolute face off? Don't you know I'll give you rest? Mm. Uh, by the way, that's a word I would have missed if I hadn't read the Bible. That's just like, you know, wow, huh? Okay, how else might we hear from God? Um, through prayer, meditation, and silent listening. Now, the purpose of prayer is to speak to God and not with fancy words. The purpose of prayer is just to talk to God like you would a friend. Like, no weird words. Uh, you don't have to put any strange language on it. You don't have to formulate it. Uh, you can even read some prayers that someone else has written. Uh, all of those things are really good. But the point of prayer is to speak to God like a friend. But one of the things we sometimes miss in prayer is we just talk a lot. And then we go, like, oh, I'm, I'm finished talking, so we get up and leave. But, but the point of prayer is to talk a little bit, to say what it is in your heart, try to articulate what it is that you're feeling or going through, and then wait. Like, it's hard to hear God if you never listen, right? And so the point of prayer is to make a little space to listen to God as a conversation. And so maybe we pray a bit and we spend a moment or two afterwards listening and just quieting our hearts to hear from God. And by the way, this is totally normal Christianity. Like there, there's a sense in which the most normal Christianity in the world is somewhat mystical. Like we say a few prayers and then we just listen. We just get real quiet and we listen. Oh, and, and what, are we, what are we paying attention to when we listen? Oh, we're paying attention to what little thoughts pop into my mind or what things come into my heart? What feelings am I feeling that I wasn't feeling before? Uh, maybe a memory comes to you from some other time or maybe you remember someone and you remember, oh, I kind of have a broken relationship with that person. Or maybe God brings someone to your mind and you realize, oh, Maybe I need to go help that person. Or maybe you just hear, maybe you just hear God say, uh, you are my favorite son and you make me happy. You know, I mean, it could be any number of those things. But there's, there's something really important. If we're going to hear from God, we have to listen. Like just get quiet and listen. And by the way, this is totally normal Christianity. Reese, help me out again. I want to give you a couple examples from the New Testament, Acts chapter nine, verse three. I love this. This is, this is a great, this is a great moment of like God speaking to someone. It's a little bit dramatic uh, as he, that'd be Paul, was approaching Damascus on his mission. A light from heaven suddenly shone around him. And then we know what happens next, right? Jesus speaks to him. Like part of what the book of Acts is normalizing for us is that God wants to speak to people. And sometimes it's dramatic. But what I like even more is one of the next verses uh, later in Acts chapter 9, verse 10. Can we put this one up? Look, so Paul gets knocked off of his donkey, blinded. Jesus speaks to him. He goes to a house like he's wrecked, right? But look at this verse. By the way, this is normal Christianity. Look in verse 10. 
Now there was a believer. Underline the word believer if you have your Bible out. Not an apostle, not a pastor, uh, not a super Christian, didn't have a cape, had no ministry, no bus, no TV show, no Instagram, uh, was never on preacher sneakers, uh, didn't have any Gucci, was never invited to a conference, right? Now there was a believer in Damascus, like just the area where Paul was. And his name was Ananias. By the way, this is the good Ananias. And the Lord, there's another one. You have to, when you're talking in Acts, you got to clarify. And the Lord, look at this. The Lord spoke to him in a vision calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. And here's basically what the Lord tells him. He says, hey, get up and go to this place. And it's really crazy. In the book of Acts, it, it says that the Lord tells him exactly where to go, like by the street and says, hey, there's a guy in there. And I want you to go talk to him for a minute. And, and Ananias is like, I don't want to go. I'm afraid of him. And the Lord says, go anyway. Tell him what he's going to suffer. Right? It's like, uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. And Ananias, just a believer, he hears from God. He was, he was just listening and he heard from God. And not only does he get dramatic details, but when he goes, he prays for Paul. His vision comes back. And he baptizes him in water. Like, what? What? This is the work of believers. This is the, to listen to God. And how do we listen to God? Well, we just make a little space. We just, we pray a little bit and we get real quiet and we learn to pay attention to what's happening in our life and in our mind and in our hearts. And oftentimes God is talking to us. Okay. I had another example, but I'm going to skip it. Moving on. Okay, here's another way that God speaks to us. Um, this is a, another really amazing way. We hear God sometimes through the scriptures, through prayer, through listening, but then we also hear God through one another. You know? Uh, how many of you have ever had a moment in your life where some other Christian came to you and just said, you know, I was thinking about you and I feel like God gave me like a word for you. I mean, has anyone ever had this experience and like it changed your life? Yeah, and it's just amazing. It's like literally amazing. Or how many of you have ever had like lunch with someone and they begin to say things to you and they're not even intending on being prophetic, but they're telling you every single thing you need to know. They don't even know what they're saying. Anybody ever had that experience? Yes. Like sometimes Jesus shows up as a friend that we just thought was our neighbor, right? Like this is, this is the secret work of Jesus. God speaks to us sometimes through one another. And it's really surprising when this happens. Uh, one of the ways we have to learn to listen to God is through the surprising dynamic uh, where he sometimes is giving us a word or direction or discernment that comes from another person. And that's exactly what I want to talk about just a little bit this week. This week, when the church gets together, everybody brings their gifts and sometimes it enables us to hear a word from God from someone else who's in the room. Uh, one of the things I'm hoping is that as we become a prophetic community, that we actually grow in expecting that, that God would want to speak to us. Now, um, here, here's what we sometimes think when we think of prophetic community. 
we think of fortune tellers, you know? <laughs> uh, we, think of, we think of like tarot cards or like, I need to burn some chicken bones or I, I need to do something culty, you know? I just, I need to, you know, something's gotta die or, or something's dramatic, right? Or, or, or sometimes we think, we think of, of, you know, maybe, maybe we're not so new agey, maybe we come back to Bible and sometimes we think, well, uh, when it comes to listening to God and, and speaking his heart, we think more of like Moses on the mountain with stone tablets, right? Like the one guy who's got the juice, who's telling everybody else what's up, you know? And that ain't it. That just isn't it. That's just not the New Testament vision. It's not that there's one guy, but it's even in what Moses says in the Old Testament a few weeks ago that we, that we listened here in the scriptures. Oh, that all of God's people were prophets, right? Yeah, that's, that's the thing. So we have to unplug from these assumptions that, that God speaking through another person is like new age uh, weirdness or that God speaking through another person has to come from the most famous pastor in the room. Both of those are really unhelpful. Well, then you might be saying, well, what is it? Well, I love what, what uh, Paul gives us in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3. Can we, can we put that up, Reese? Look at what Paul says. He's saying this to the church. Listen, a church that's just as bad as ours, right? <laughs> Maybe worse. This is what Paul says. He says in the first few scriptures before this, he says, listen, pursue the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Like it's a good thing to want spiritual gifts. You actually need to pursue them. This is normal Christianity. And then he says, I would really like everybody in the church to prophesy. And then he says, the one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. Man, what is, it, what is it to listen to God? And what is it when we come together? How is it that God will sometimes speak to us through another person? And what does that look like? What does it feel like? Uh, how does that happen? What is the texture of it? What is the grain of it? The, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3. Like, if, you, if you're going to be a, a Christian, you might want to just underline that in your Bible. Maybe tattoo it on yourself somewhere. <laughs> I've tattooed other things on, right? Because it's the perfect understanding of what it means to be a prophetic community where there's lots of people in the same room together at one time. Prophecy, look at, look at this. It isn't necessarily correction. It isn't sin exposing. It isn't calling down fire. It's not working out all of my emotional angst on someone else and then playing a God card. You know, God told me. It's not manipulation. It's not getting someone else to do what I want them to do. But rather than just having a, a normal adult conversation with this person uh, and making a, a, a mature request, we'll play the God card and manipulate them. It's not that. Look at what it is. It is strengthening someone else, encouraging them, and comforting them. That's what it is. It's not about predicting the future. It's more about naming what is right now. It's not about necessarily the future. It's about naming what is right now. It's less about exposing sin and judgment, and it's more about encouragement and comfort. And it's less about one dynamic person, and it's more about the dynamic happening through many, many people at one time. It's part of what we see in this little passage. Okay, a couple stories. I just want to tell you a couple quick stories. 
a few weeks ago, I was in, I was in a vineyard church right outside of Columbus. Vineyard Church of Delaware County. And we were doing a little vineyard worship um, training event for the weekend. And the last, the last bit of that event was something we call a worship circle. So imagine, take all the chairs in this room, put them in a circle, uh, turn all the microphones off and tell a room of 100 worship leaders, everybody get your guitar or your piano or your violin or your drum, bring it into the circle. Uh, here are the four songs we're going to play this morning. And we all play them together and we all sing and worship together. But there's, there's like a couple people who are giving a little bit of direction, but it's, it's really not about anyone being amplified in any way. It's just about like a hundred people all playing acoustic guitars and it's incredible. Like there's a beauty to it that's almost, it's just too precious, right? And, and we always do this and it's always wonderful. Like just the worship circle itself, Kevin was there, just the worship circle itself is, it is ministry, like it's ministry to God, but then there's this presence that's in it that you just get so ministered to. And, and when we plan these, that's the extent of the planning. We're like, we'll get everybody together. Everybody gets a guitar. Okay, let's sing. Here are the songs. But this beautiful thing happened. This beautiful thing happened. Right as all of these songs started to land, right as all of these songs started to land, a few people began to just stand up and say, oh, I feel like, I feel like God has ministry this morning. And they began to share a few words. And next thing you know, we're praying for some people. And then someone reads the scripture that really touches a few people, that leads to more ministry. Someone shares kind of a prophetic picture that's for a person, and someone shares a prophetic picture that's kind of general that leads to more ministry. And here's what's beautiful about it. No one's, no one's really being the boss, right? Now, listen, one of the great things about a room like that is uh, that's a room of high trust because everybody in that room is a church leader, right? You know, we're pretty sure there's no crazy people there, you know? <laughs> But the, the dynamic was so beautiful. I got so touched by seeing so many people share what it was they felt like God was doing and saying. And so many people got encouraged in a very particular way that a general message can never do. It was really, really something. I mean, it's as, it's as close to like New Testament, live it out together in the same room as it gets. It's just really wonderful, right? There's one story. Uh, uh, story number two, this has to do with just being encouraged by someone, someone uh, giving a word. Sometimes we hear God through some other people. I told you this week that I heard God through the scriptures. You know, why are you anxious? Don't you know that God gives rest to his loved ones? Uh, the day after that, I get a phone call. I have a friend uh, and he lives in California. I got a, got a phone call from one of my friends in California. And uh, he's an interesting cat, this guy. Uh, prophetic kind of guy. And he calls me out of nowhere and he says, Hey, Adam, you're on my radar, which just means he's hearing God for me, you know? And he says, I have two words for you. And I'm like, okay, what are they? And he shares two words uh, with me and they happen to be about my family and I can feel the care of God in them. They were about two specific people in my family. And I thought, how is this happening? You know, what a, what a gift. I got so tremendously encouraged. I would love to tell you more, but it just feels too, it feels too tender even now. Um, but I got this phone call. And so 
God speaks to us in scriptures. God speaks to us in prayer and waiting and listening. But then sometimes God comes to us to talk to us through a friend or through someone else, right? And this week I got a phone call, you know? And I, I think it's also interesting that I knew I was going to talk about this this week. And then all of these little things happen, right? Yeah, what is that? It's like it's the Lord saying, hey, this is the way. just tell you another story this one's um this one's from about a year and a half ago it was it was at the last really big vineyard conference i was at uh there was probably i don't know 2500 people in the room maybe 2000 people in the room a lot right a lot more than this and and even though i know a lot of people in the vineyard i don't know everybody in that room you're just you're just in a crowd. It feels like I'm at a concert or something. And in this particular evening session, uh, I'm just kind of like standing in the corner and I'm worshiping God. And I'm, it's, it's one of those moments where, oh, I don't have anything to do tonight. I'm not responsible for anything. And I'm just like worshiping God with that, with that awareness that I don't, I, I don't have a job tonight, right? Like, this is great. And, and, a, and a man I didn't know came up to me and he like taps me on the shoulder, right? And he's like, hey, uh, I feel like God highlighted you to me. And, he, and he, he goes, do you care if I pray for you? And I'm like, I, of course I don't care if you pray for me. And he begins to pray for me and he shares a couple words with me and they were really, really amazing words. But what's, what's really beautiful about it is, is that they're words that essentially laid out everything that would happen to me in the next 18 months. Like just tremendous encouragement. And there are words that happened to not only lay out the things that would happen to me in the next 18 months, but they were words that, would, that gave me strength for the hard things that would happen in the next 18 months, right? Like, what a beautiful gift when the church comes together that God is speaking and talking and he has things for us so that we can live encouraged lives. And so as Walter Brueggemann says from that quote we've been reading for the last few weeks, so we don't get co-opted by the culture, you know? so that we could be faithful to, the, to being the people of God, you know? Things that'll keep you grounded and anchored in that peculiar vocation to be the kingdom of God, you know? That's the thing. And so, just a few stories from the last little bit, some of them even from this week. Why am I saying? Because this is what it's actually like to live a normal Christian life where we're anticipating that God wants to speak, right? Like, at a fundamental level, at a fundamental level, by the way, are we all aware that everything that is here is here because God spoke it? Like God is first and foremost a speaking God. Like this is the opening revelation of scripture. It's not just that God's a creator. It's that God is a speaker. It's how he makes things, right? Um, um, one last story. I was listening to a brutal podcast yesterday. Absolutely brutal podcast, but it has to, it has to do with this idea of speaking and, and words. Um, and it was the story of a young woman who was rescued from North Korea. So she was born in North Korea. She is a North Korean, and she was dramatically rescued in the most horrific way out of North Korea, through China, and into the U.S. And part of what she was saying, and this, this really touched my heart, but she was sharing how in North Korea, uh, there are certain words that over the last 70 to 80 years have been deleted from the language. And so she says, when I grew up, there was no word for justice. There was no word for freedom. And she makes a list of a few other words. 
And she said, because there was no word for freedom and because there was no word for oppression or justice, we didn't know what justice was. And she begins to talk about how when you learn a word, the word creates the space for the consciousness to take root, right? Like there's this sense in which if you delete the language, you're deleting the reality, right? Why am I bringing that up? Because God is a speaking God and he creates by words and he wants to speak to us because he wants to expand your life in his kingdom. It comes by the scripture. It comes by waiting. It comes by listening and it comes by other people. This is what it means to be a prophetic community. It's a listening community. We listen to the Bible. We listen in prayer. And sometimes we listen to the voice that comes through someone that we know really well. Does that make sense? Everybody good? Thanks again for stopping by the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening at the Vineyard, you can follow us on social media. Until next time.